Well, today on this Mother's Day, we hope to bless and encourage every one of you mothers. Whether you're just getting started out or whether your kids are now grown and raised and, and out of the house. And that's because God has given you as a mother a special privilege. This privilege of motherhood. God has given you this privilege, but we also know that what comes with that privilege are also a whole bunch of challenges along the way. And all the mothers said, amen. All kinds of challenges along the way. And so we want to encourage you today. And we want you to know that your model, your model will continue to impact your children no matter what their age now, I happen to believe that some of you mothers, that sometimes you look at your children and you say, are they ever going to get it? Right? Right, moms? You there? You try to model, you try to, you try to teach the right things, and you say, are they ever, ever going to get it? Well, this morning, we want to encourage you that they will. In fact, even the littlest things, even some of the very smallest things that you got right as a mother will produce in your children, things that they will end up carrying on into their generation, into the next generation. Those threads that you endeavored to stitch into their lives, those threads that you stitched into their hearts and minds will be carried on to the next generation. Now, I've had the privilege of being a pastor here long enough to see some of the kids that were born here and are, have been raised here are now adults and they're now carrying on to their generation some of the things that they saw their mother's model to them. Some of those things that you as moms stitched in their, into their hearts and minds when they were very, very young. And to help drive that truth home in our hearts this morning, I've asked three of our adult children, all born raised here, three of our adult children to kind of come this morning and talk about how their mothers modeled some things to them that they're now carrying on into, into their generation. And they are things that have caused them to not only follow Christ, but they're things that have caused them to serve now in ministry as their mothers modeled serving in ministry as well. And so... You're going to hear from them, and they're going to stand this morning, and they're going to do some blessing on their mothers. But they're going to bless their mothers not for the food that they made them, not for the clothes that they made them, but they're going to stand and bless their mothers for the things they saw their mothers model, things that were Christ-like. Because it was the things that their mothers modeled, that they saw their moms model day after day and week after week, that really impacted their lives. And they want to share these things not only with you today, but to the next generation, to their generation. So moms, this morning, we want you to be encouraged because your model does make a difference. Your kids do pick up those things that maybe you think they're never gonna pick up. The Bible says this in Proverbs 31 about a mother of Christ-like character. Her children stand and bless her. So today, you're gonna hear from three of those children raised here. The truth is, there are so many children here 
that could be doing this very same thing, that could be standing here on this stage and blessing their moms who've modeled Christ-likeness with them. But we uh, decided this. Since all of you want to go take mom out to lunch, we better limit it to three this morning. Amen? <laughs> so we limited it to three. Would you please bless and stand? And, well, you don't have to stand, but bless and welcome Shannon Hesmahalch Corba, Carlos Lopez Jr., and Sherry Mendenhall Verberg to the stage. Would you welcome them as they come? Good morning, everyone. As Pastor Larry said, I'm Shannon Corba, and um, this is actually a little bit emotional. I didn't think that um, I would get emotional, but it's not every day that you get to come up on stage and really talk about your mom. So um, that's me and my mom. Um, we actually just went to Israel together in January. So this is a picture from us um, also in Egypt. So I'm so honored to be up here today and just uh, be able to speak about my mom. One of the areas that I'm going to concentrate on is my mom's just, she has the most amazing servant's heart. And if you've ever had the chance to work with my mom or um, see her, you just know she is a hard worker. She is a worker bee. And I've witnessed this firsthand my whole life. And I was always perplexed, like, how can you keep working? Like, why are you working so hard? Like, why are you so nice to everybody? Like, as a kid, it's confusing, and it's honestly annoying, and it's not convenient. Um, so it was actually really hard to narrow some of these stories down to just a couple of just speaking about my mom and, like, who she is and what her heart is. So I wanted to share a couple stories that have really stuck out in my head. As a child, we are a huge basketball family, and my mom volunteered for the most horrendous position of keeper of the uniforms. So she was in charge of every single team's uniforms. And so she would have to go to the storage, and she would spend hours like washing these uniforms, organizing them, creating checklists. And this was like, as a child, this was horrible, and she would drag us, and we would have to help her. And I just remember, like, why would anybody do this? Like, you're not getting any praise. You're not getting anything. You're literally just in a hot storage room just doing all this horrible work. So I remember one day I asked her, I said, Mom, why would you do this? Um, why would you pick such a boring job? And she said, well, nobody, nobody volunteered, and the job had to get done. And so to me, this just speaks of my mom's servant heart of just willing to do the work that is unglamorous behind the scenes probably will have no recognition but it just it blessed so many people people that will never even know this job was done um, a second really impactful story was um, my grandma Hezzy my dad's mom um, was diagnosed with cancer and it was a really long and hard battle and my mom um, was with my grandma at every single appointment every single treatment it was a really painful time for our family. It was really hard. Um, it was actually a lot of our family members, it was too hard for them to go to the appointments. And time and time again, my mom just stepped up and just was there for her mother-in-law like every single step of the way. And as a child witnessing that and seeing herself devote herself to her, um, my grandma and just making sure everyone in my family was taken care of was amazing. And I think that's just, it impacts the way you live for the rest of your life. So I did pick out a few Bible verses that um, reminded me a bit of my mom um, and her servant's heart. So the first one is, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 
This to me just speaks of um, my mom just using the gifts that God has given her. She's very cheerful. She's extremely happy. She's helpful. And God gave her those gifts and she uses them and it blesses people. And um, she's being faithful with, with what she's been given. And I also picked a second verse. For even the son of man did not come to be, to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And this just ties into a little bit of my mom's identity. Um, my mom's identity is so rooted in Jesus and who he is and what her identity is in him that the fruits of the spirit just are able to just radiate through her. And she just understands that this is her role is to go and to serve others. Um, but as a mom, she never let us off the hook. So she never made our lives convenient with this kind of stuff, with helping others. And I just remember, like, we would have to go with her. We would have to take meals to other families. We would have to give up our Saturday to visit our great-grandma. We would, um, we would like, if someone was on the, the road with a flat tire, we would have to stop. And that's, an, as a kid, you're like, what are we doing? And but I think witnessing that just over and over of my mom doing it, not just for people at our church, but for everyone has just um, made a tremendous impact on me and my walk and my faith and, um, and just how I'm going to serve the Lord because I realize that it's my mom's identity is rooted in Jesus. So my mom has truly lived what she's taught. She... Um, Everywhere she goes, she's serving. She just has the most amazing personality. And um, so I guess my advice for any families or any moms is just to just make it inconvenient for your kids because they really are looking. And it might be annoying, but now um, I hope I am half have half of a servant's heart as my mom does. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Carlos Jr., by the way, so thanks for having me this morning. Um, for me, uh, when you think about mother, I think there's no uh, greater job that, that has sacrifice than being a mother. So as we think of a heart of a sacrifice, I think for me, from literally day one, uh, my mom has sacrificed her late teenage and adult life for her kids, and more specifically me, because I'm obviously her favorite. Um, <laughs> But when you think of an 18-year-old girl, you know, the same girl when we see the mission trip pictures from Mexico, you know, the little girls running, that's who, uh, oh boy, uh, that's who my mom was. So, um, okay, that was it, I promise. Um, <clears throat> so that girl, still in high school, giving birth to a son, me, um, I think the natural tendency is to be, wow, this is probably not going to end well, right? Or here comes another statistic. Uh, coming from where I come from, I know how these stories typically end. It's continuing a cycle of poverty, uh, lack of education, opportunity. Uh, but because of the love that God put in my mother for me, she went against all of that. Uh, she took the role of a mother as a calling in a ministry. She took me to high school with her to finish and graduate. A lot of bus trips to trade school classes so she could get a better job uh, to support me. And as I said, I, I've seen this story before, not only from where I come from, but even just extended family. Um, and so I know the sacrifice um, that she had to give to, to put me where I'm at. Um, I know the fights she likely got into with her family throughout the years because they thought, you know, they knew best. And she's the second youngest of 10. So imagine eight older brothers and sisters and your parents probably telling you, do this, do that. And, and uh, OK, 
Okay, last time promise. And she went against that. So I, I know the sacrifice there. I know the sacrifice to have to leave that whole family in El Paso where everyone lives and come to California at a young age to, to be, join my dad and, and so they could raise me together. Um, and I know it's usually good to have one story to serve as an example, but for me, it's, it was more of a pattern uh, of things that she did throughout the years to sacrifice for me. So um, now we grew up with limited resources, which is you know, a fancy way of saying we're poor. Um, so, so those times that she'd sew patches on my jeans because they had holes in them, couldn't afford new ones. Um, in her defense, I, I got a lot of holes in my jeans, so uh, it happened a lot. But um, to the little gifts she would get me, which she still does today at times, um, to little encouraging notes here and there, to the very rare instances that I'd get a, a Happy Meal from McDonald's, which was like going to Disneyland for me, because uh, it didn't happen very often, uh, to the birthday and Christmas presents that I knew were, were too expensive for my family, yet they gave them anyway. Um, some of those gifts I still have to this day as well. Throughout all of that, I never went without anything. I didn't have uh, name brand clothes, but I had two parents and specifically a mom who loved me unconditionally and continually gave of herself so that I could be blessed. And thinking of that, uh, I, I saw the parallel in the story of Hannah, which is located in 1 Samuel. And Hannah um, was barren, and she could not have any children, and she wanted them extremely badly. And she pleaded and pleaded with God over and over. And, and she vowed to dedicate her son to the Lord um, if, she, if he would give her a son and, or a child, and he did. And she fulfilled her vow. She, uh, she dedicated Samuel to the Lord. And not only... Um, to the Lord, but there was actually two types of priestly commitments, and there was one that lasted about 50 years, and she did the dedication that went the whole lifetime. So she went above and beyond to sacrifice her child to the Lord. Um, and so, so you think, what greater sacrifice is there? And, and Samuel became one of the greatest prophets. Uh, he became a maker of kings, um, and the prophet who anointed Saul, and the greatest king of Israel, David. So just imagine if Hannah had not sacrificed for Samuel. And for us, where would many of us be without the sacrifices of our mothers? Probably not. Why'd you have to sit right there? That's... Um, so for me, my, and my mom was always there. She was present. She sacrificed her time, her resources to show me and my brother and sister that she loved us. Uh, and I want to stress the sacrifice of time and being present because I think as children, that's, that's what we want. Um, she showed that a mother's sacrifice uh, with God's love brings joy, blessings, and it raises up people under the Lord that can accomplish great things like Samuel. So uh, with that, just one quick story. Um, it's actually timely because I know prom, I think, was this weekend. But in high school, I, I went all out because I'm like the most romantic guy in the world. I asked uh, a girl to prom. She shot me down. She said no. Um, and I didn't say much to my mom. She probably asked, like, you know, what happened? I said, she said, no, I didn't share much. Um, I was a typical, you know, little punk teenager. Um, but I remember the next day she got me a card that just said how much she loved me and that she was there for me. Um, and I probably responded with, like, you know, thank you, and that's about it, right? Um, but it was impactful. Um, and I actually have it here still. So I'm going to try and get through it, but... Just little snippets of what she wrote me. So she said, honey, I'm so sorry to know that you're hurting. I just want to tell you that you're a man with a huge loving heart. Any young girl who takes time to see that and love you will be so blessed. God will shower you with what you need. Focus on him and he will lead you where you need to go. Uh, know that my heart hurts and I cannot avoid that. When you hurt, I hurt. I love you so much. 
please let us help you in any way we can. Uh, I pray you can come to me uh, if it's too painful to hold and you need to talk or just a hug. So with that, just for moms, stay persistent. And even when you don't think your kids are listening, they are. It may take weeks or months for what you show in love and what you sacrifice to take hold in their lives. Uh, if they're little punks like I was, maybe longer. Um, but be present and sacrifice as my mom and Hannah did to bless your children in unimaginable ways. Thanks. Thank you so much, Carlos and Shannon. And man, it's tough to go last. All the emotions are already flowing. Um, so today we are here to stand and bless our mothers. We're here to honor our moms and all moms for their lives and the thread and give testimony to the thread of what a life centered on Christ does for a child because that's who our moms have been to us. Lives that have been centered on Christ. And when you thread that into your child's life, it impacts them for a lifetime. So this morning, you've heard an amazing testimony about service and about sacrifice. Um, and I want to talk to you about um, what I feel the thread that my mother has impacted me with and our family with. And that's her spirit of joy. So if you know this woman up here on the screen um, and you've spent any time with her, you know that her spirit of joy is a abundant. Like it is there. Um, we often call her the Energizer Bunny because she just keeps going and going and going. Um, but it's her consistent spirit of joy through the years and through the trials and through the illnesses that have really impacted our family and not just carried us as a family, but continually pointed us to Christ, to her God, the person that carries her through all of these journeys. And he is the one that supplies her spirit of joy and her daily joy. And as I've been trying to figure out a story like Carlos and Shannon, um, I've either laughed a lot or cried a lot. So we're gonna try to stick with laughing this morning because those are a lot more fun. Um, so from the earliest memory of my mom, whether we're on vacation or at home or getting ready for church early on a Sunday morning, she has been singing. So, and not like humming along with the radio singing, but like rollers in her hair belting out with the hairbrush as we're getting ready for church in the morning singing. She sings on the back of the boat. She sings when she wakes us up in the morning and rips up our covers and says, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. Like she just sings all the time. Um, but she does that to remind us of where she gets her joy from. She rises and shines every day and gives God the glory, glory. Um, and she embodies Psalms 59, 16 to me. And Psalms 59, 16 says, but as for me, I shall sing of your strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of your loving kindness in the morning, for you have been a stronghold and a refuge in my day of, of distress. My mom wakes up every single morning, if you've ever seen her in the morning, like she's had two shots of espresso. Even though she's never drank a drip of coffee in her entire life and drinking a soda is only for big occasions like huge church events. But she wakes up ready to praise God for what he's going to do in the day before it even starts. She wakes up joyful. And when you're young, when you're little, it's easy to think, oh, my mom should be joyful. She should have energy all the time. Moms don't get tired, right? Like that's what all your kids think of you. But as I've grown and I've noticed this endless amount of energy, but we face trials and we face times of distress, like it says in Psalms, I've noticed that there is a different piece of joy that comes from her. She gets her energy and her joy from somewhere else. It is constantly a joy coming from the Lord and pointing us to him instead of just to her. During the first few years of her being 
um, diagnosed with arthritis, which I was a child. I had no idea how painful it was. I just remembered her taking lots of naps, and we thought the things that she got to dip her hands and her feet in were really cool. It was like this wax thing. We played with it all the time. Um, But during this time, she was working here as a church janitor, which is a very glamorous job. Um, Cleaning toilets is the way to go to stay at home with your kids. Um, But she was also with me on a seven-year journey of aggravation. We went to doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments. We went to physical therapy appointments after physical therapy appointments. We spent seven years in doctor's offices trying to figure out why I was in so much pain And I never even considered that she was in pain or tired or working or had other children. And through this seven-year battle of trying to figure out where my pain was coming from, it ended with a back surgery and dropping out of high school for a year and learning how to rewalk. And every single time, every single tear, every single time I was really mad at God, my mom was there pointing me towards him. And she would tell me, while we're in the doctor's office and I'm very aggravated. And Sherry, God's just working on your testimony. You just get a special one. It gets to be different. You will be able to help so many other little girls this way. And I'm like, what other little girls are going to go through this? But constantly through the tears, she was pointing me to Christ's joy that he could do something out of this, that he could make something happen because he was at work no matter how much pain I was going through or she was going through that I wasn't taking into account. Her spirit of joy continued through my brother's time at war in Iraq, continually pointing us through prayers and through tears when we hadn't heard from him for weeks and weeks that no matter what happened, no matter what the outcome was, God could be glorified through this situation. And she was doing all this while taking care of three dramatic girls or two dramatic girls in college and my dad and still being really involved in church. Psalms 51, 10 through 13 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach your transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Now I can't, only imagine my mom saying this prayer because my mom used to sing this song all of the time and we used to sing this song in church all of the time but I see her living it out daily because she is restored with the joy of Christ's salvation and filled with the Holy Spirit which sustains her that's why she could balance three dramatic children and why she could still really support my dad and still help the church a lot her willing spirit did not only help her, but helped all that she touched. And even though it helped all that she touched, it didn't just do that. It took her three children who were definitely sinners, who have definitely been transgressors, and we are now all Christ followers. And now, still going through her second journey with cancer, which is a much more complicated and um, difficult journey than the first, you would think it's us who supports her. She has three adult children, right? So we're the really supportive kids. But it is us who look for her, to her for daily support. And we each do it in our own different ways. Um, I'll walk over and just need to stop by because Bruce needed to go on a walk. And Leanne will call and Scott will call and um, need to stop by after work to talk to her. But we have to check in because if we know mom's spirit is okay, then we're a little bit okay. 
And when we do this, when we check in and make sure that she's okay and we're okay, this is where I'm going to be like my dad. Um, (laughs) All she talks about to me while we're swinging on her back porch swing is her conversations with God and her questions and his answers. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And it's so powerful because we don't talk about us. She's constantly pointing me to who she puts her hope in, not meaning she's going to save us or she's going to get through this, but how much bigger than cancer her God is. And that's who I want to be as a mom. That's what I want others to see from me. I cried a little bit more than my dad normally does. Um... But she keeps pointing us to Christ, and her spirit has never wavered through any of these things. You would never know that she's a chemo patient. Like, number one, she's got hair. Like, (laughs) you would never know. Um, And she's constantly pointing us to him and filled with Christ's joy to the point that you don't see her. You don't see her pain. You see this overwhelming spirit of joy that pours out to her. And today... Any of us can do that. Any of us can be so filled with the spirit of Christ that it pours out to others to turn sinners into Christ followers. And today, that is why I stand to thank God for my mom. I'm going to do it again. Um, (laughs) And that's why I stand to bless her because she didn't just, she's not just a great mom. She's pointing me and my family to something so much bigger. Okay, so today, mothers, (laughs) we want you to be encouraged with these stories, not just emotional as you go to lunch or coffee, um, but any of us can do this, whether you're a mother or you're not a mother. Anybody can weave a thread through someone's life that you love that impacts generations beyond generations that you will never meet. These are things all of us can do through service, through sacrifice, through having Christ's spirit of joy live within you. You're impacting and weaving a thread in those that you are around that goes so much further than your 80 years of life. And that's what we want to do today. We want to make that known and encourage you to do those things. So today we want to stand and bless you, if you guys want to stand with me. And if you would like to stand and bless the mother around you today, I invite you to stand. And can we just cheer for our moms in the room? And then if you are near a mom or in the location of a mom, if you could just stretch your hand out to her or touch her on the shoulder or something, we would just like to pray a blessing over our moms this morning as we come to an end. So bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, today as we stand to bless our moms and our grandmothers and those who have been the mother figures in our lives, we ask that you bless them. Give them strength and confidence and energy in their daily lives. Validate their worth so they have no reason to doubt whether or not they are loved and cherished and valued in your eyes, Heavenly Father. Create a deep sense of protection and trust 
so that worry and fear will disappear as they place their loved ones into your care. Help them to stand on your faithfulness and help these mothers to know that their worth is not dependent on being perfect, but being devoted to you and to their families. Let our mothers rest in the knowledge that they are loved by you and loved by their families. And please bless them with a servant spirit, with a sacrificial spirit, and with your spirit of joy. In your name we pray. Amen.